Welcome back to season two of Pod Save the Rest of Us, Resiliency. We are your hosts, Elizabeth Stanley and Karen Castro. So get ready. We have quite a season planned for you. In a time where we are burdened by living wages remaining stagnant and an ever-rising cost of living, Americans seem polarized by political lines, media, and ideals. In this climate, finding hope can appear improbable. Given the prevailing hopelessness, we embarked on season two determined to bring you stories of women conquering despair with hope, and they do so with their resilient nature. We set out to try to understand why some people seem more adept at coping and excelling in the face of intense adversity. In season two, we share with our listeners 10 stories of women who, although their life challenges may appear more hopeless than most, they persevere. Throughout season two, we share with you inspirational stories of resiliency. Resiliency is often likened to grit. The construct grit refers to the perseverance and passion for long-term goals. This is characterized as working persistently towards challenges, maintained effort, and interest over years, despite negative feedback, adversity, plateaus in progress, or failure. Top researcher Nan Henderson states, resiliency is the ability to overcome challenges of all kinds. This includes trauma, tragedy, personal crisis, plain old life problems, and yet they bounce back stronger, wiser, and more personally powerful. Research has revealed that some people, despite their difficult circumstances, are able to thrive. This has led researchers to make efforts to understand such responses to adversity. Resilient people respond to adverse conditions by adapting themselves. They subsequently tend to cope, spring back, and halt the crisis. Negative emotions involve fear, anger, anxiety, distress, helplessness, and hopelessness, which decrease a person's ability to solve the problems they face and weaken a person's resiliency. In season two, we introduce to our listeners 10 women who have had many struggles along their life's path. Despite their challenges, their protective factors have helped them soar and inspire others. We hope season two brings you as much hope and inspiration as it has us. We open season two with Ashley Olson, the wheelchair Jedi. Ashley is an artist, poet, and an adventurer. Ashley was paralyzed just before her 15th birthday. 20 years later, Ashley reveals how she took her tragic accident with hopeful curiosity. We continue through the season introducing tales of women who are continuously fighting the odds and manage to succeed anyway. These strong women seem to always thrive despite negative circumstances. These 10 stories include women who have overcome an inequitable justice and education system, the loss of a child, abuse throughout childhood, a lifetime of life-threatening health problems, excommunication from family, friends, and church, the murdering of a brother, a daughter having to care for her parents at a young age, being raised in a violent home, and growing up knowing your skin color makes you both a threat and a target of hate to far too many people. Um, it only had been about a minute, but she had walked out to the door that the caregiver had left open for her. And 
we pulled, my oldest daughter found her drowned in the pool. We ran outside, I pulled her out and did CPR until um, the paramedics had arrived. My oldest daughter called 911 and called my mother to come to the house. My parents thought I fell asleep on the couch, but really I had slipped into a coma and they tried to wake me up to put me in the bed, but they couldn't. So my dad threw me over his shoulder and they rushed me down to John Muir. And um, it's kind of how they figured out it was out of the blue since it's not really in our family. Um, I'm the lucky one. People, a lot of people ask me, you know, like, how did you... Like, how did you, you know, cope with this? Like, did you think of your father? Did you turn to God? Like, what did you do? And I just turned to myself. Nobody else is going to save me. Nobody's going to make this better for me. Like, I, I have to change. I have to, I have to overcome this. This is my obstacle. This is my barrier. And, and I'm going to overcome this. Um, but I, because I don't believe in holding on to regret, I feel like it's just a really bad energy and it doesn't serve me. I know that if my mom could have chosen for me where I would have spent her last night, she would have wanted me to be where I was a hundred percent. She would have wanted me to feel loved and comfortable and safe and protected and wanted and held versus devastated and, and broken and shattered because I certainly got that once she once she passed so I that is something I've had to really come to terms with that I wasn't there and I'm genuinely okay with it I, I've it's been a long time it's been 20 years and I'm genuinely comfortable with the fact that I I was where I was when my mom passed away Now that I've um, overcome and achieved so many things today, my diagnosis means that I'm different and I'm not less and that I have the intellect and the capability to achieve pretty much anything I could put my mind to because I'm very resilient and I'm very persistent and articulate when it comes to setting my goals. Well, I think for a long time, I didn't want my voice to be heard. I wanted to be quiet because I wanted to not be seen. And I, I think a lot of it was me just not wanting that to be mine and my experiences to to be solidified in, in words and invisible words. I do remember my mother's mother, my grandmother, telling me that, I think I was about in high school, that I needed to be with my parents and help them out for major purchases and to navigate different bureaucratic type transactions. She told me, you know, when you when they go to buy a car, you have to help them. You're going to have to negotiate because they'll get taken advantage of. And I remember listening to that, and it was painful to hear 
but I knew she was right. And um, there was no sugarcoating it with her. But that was the only time she ever talked to me about having parents who had differences in learning disabilities. The part that's my story is that this was the hardest time probably of my life. It was a very dark time because I was not happy. And I don't know how, I almost don't know how not to be happy. Like I, I do love life. I, I am, I'm usually that person. And it was very, very dark because I knew I wasn't happy for many reasons that I won't put blame anywhere except to say I found a way out and I got out. And so we did get divorced and it was just over a year that we were married. It was not a happy time and, like I said, very dark. There's been a history of um, violence. I've witnessed a lot of violence amongst my family members. Um, and I was always just kind of a bad bystander, just observing everything and also learning from that, knowing that I never wanted to engage in those types of behaviors and be a part of that. But I felt also really bad and hopeless because I was like, I felt like I was so young and I had no opportunity to really make a difference within the family dynamics. So I just ended up being quiet and being still and watching TV or playing with my dolls and just isolating for the most part. Maybe Raymond's death did not make my family grow closer together, but maybe it gave me empathy and has allowed me to be there for others, just as people have been there for me. See, we have quite a season planned for you, so get ready. Season 2, Episode 1 will be released for our listeners on Monday, January 21st. As always, thank you for taking this journey with us. A special thanks to our brave and resilient women who have allowed us to share their stories with you all.